Holy Thursday, feet washing. Yeah, feet. How did your parents used to do? How would your parents do the feet wash when you were growing up? Or, um, I don't know. You never went. I always did, but I was never in my home parish. So I was in Cleveland. Oh, okay. So what did they? Uh, they, did they do like everybody wash everybody's feet or? No, it was always 12, 12 dudes up there. Oh, really? Okay. They followed the rules. Yeah, your your parents would take you to a. They're not gonna go to a uh, rule breaking. Yeah. Church. Yeah. Um, so my parish growing up, we did this. So like everybody washed everybody's feet. That's great. It's just not Catholic. <laughs> Oh my! Did you goodness. go to a Lutheran church? Oh my goodness! <laughs> well, you know, I think their like get around it was so the the pastor at his station. So they we had chairs like stations all around the church, um, and whatever station the pastor was at, nobody washed the other person's feet. So everywhere else, like you sat down, someone washed your feet, and then after your feet were washed, and you got down and you washed the next person's feet. So it kind of worked like that. It's like a giant like so wherever, tag team pedicure. It was that it was everybody having a role to play, Paul. It was that, that <laughs> destroys the meaning of, <laughs> of the mandatum. So I think their their way around it was that the pastor washed everybody's feet. So he actually washed twelve or more people. But why why more? That's not what he's supposed to do. I I don't know. <laughs> I'm just telling you how I grew up. Anyway, I'm Father Dominic. I'm Paul Maneri. And this is Ed Talks, where we hope to inspire <laughs> saints to inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. By following the rubrics. Follow those rubrics. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I'm a different priest than that. Why I wasn't the priest then either. I was just some dumb kid who went to church, and that's what I knew. Anyway, if I could complain about overstoles, you can complain about the rubrics. Thank you. Uh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So today, folks, we are continuing. Not well. Yeah, continuing our Holy Week series. Last uh, podcast last week, we talked about Palm Sunday and Holy Week, setting us up. And now we're going to start on the Triduum, which is the shortest liturgical season of the year. It's only three days, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday. Not even three full days. I didn't even know that until we did this podcast. When I was preparing for it, I was like, what? I didn't realize it was a a season. It's its own liturgical season. Here I am complaining about the rubrics. I don't even know the (laughs) Triduum is a season. Humility. There we go. Every now and then. Uh, And so today's podcast, we're going to look specifically at Holy Thursday, which um, has a lot of great significance, a lot uh, to celebrate within one day, a lot of cool little uh, tidbits. Um, One of them is uh, at on Holy Thursday. Well, first, before we even get there, because it kind of ties in the you know, we we mentioned in our last podcast for Palm Sunday that. This is a very special week, the whole week from Palm Sunday through Easter Sunday, where the church really expects us uh, to live in a very particular way and to really remember in all aspects of life this Holy Week about the passion, death, and the resurrection of Jesus and to really meditate on it. So much so that the Triduum liturgies, there's only one each day of of the Triduum 
because the church expects the whole parish to be together at that celebration. That's so cool. The church does not allow for different times to celebrate the different services, like we have three masses on Sunday. The church tells you you're only allowed one mass. And so Holy Thursday, every parish church is only allowed one mass, and that's the Mass of the Lord's Supper um, on the evening of Holy Thursday. So there's no morning mass that day. You can't celebrate funerals. And then after Holy Thursday, there are no, no, no mass is celebrated until te- the Easter Vigil. Technically, it doesn't end. The mass Correct. doesn't the end. The Triduum is one big liturgy. It's one big mass. So remember this, folks. No funerals <laughs> during the Triduum. So Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday. Don't go dying during Holy Week. Or you'll be sitting at a cooler yeah. somewhere for Come on, <laughs> a few guys. days. Um, so yeah, the church doesn't even allow for funerals because that, that's how important these liturgies are to our life as intentional disciples of Jesus. And the church expects us to really meditate and take part in these liturgies to help us all grow in holiness. And yet, I think probably because of what you just said, they're not holy days of obligation because if they were, the church would be spilling out, you know. So, but having said that, treat them as holy days of obligation and come because they are magnificent. Every single liturgy from Holy Thursday, Good Friday, to Easter Vigil, each one is, it's a work of liturgical art and it is the highest moments of our worship oriented towards God. And if you, if you've fallen off of your, your Lenten promises going into Holy Week, ramp it back up. No matter where you're at in Lent, you, maybe even you just, you made it three days and then have to go, this is your week. Come back to it, finish strong and just, just aim towards Easter and then, then celebrate and when the sun goes down on Holy Saturday, you celebrate knowing that the Christ is, is rising from the dead. Knowing that Absolutely. All over the world, people are joining the church that night, which is super cool yeah. as well. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Holy Let's, Thursday. Holy Thursday. So the first cool thing about Holy Thursday is that typically there's a very special mass at the Cathedral Church of the Diocese. I can't go. Called the Chrism. Why can't you go? Are you, lay people are allowed to just show up? Yeah. For the Chrism Mass? Oh, yeah. Well, it's an invitation only. But I can, you know, I'll give you the invitation for this year. You can go. I open my mouth. <laughs> I open my mouth, folks. That's what happens. <laughs> I was going to say, I've never been invited to one. Oh. So the Chrism Mass, uh, it, it, normally it's supposed to take place on Holy Thursday, but that doesn't always pan out to be the most practical day anymore for priests in modern parishes. So here in the Archdiocese, we celebrate our Chrism Mass on Tuesday of Holy Week. But uh, the church kind of expects you to do it on Thursday. Um, but what a lot of dioceses like to do is, because the Chrism Mass has two goals because it's supposed to be on Thursday. The Chrism Mass is where the bishop of the diocese blesses all the chrism, the holy oil, hence why it's called Chrism Mass, um, that are used in parishes throughout his diocese or archdiocese. And so Cardinal Supich gets these giant vats. Um, I'm sure you can watch them, the diocese live streams now, everything on, on YouTube like we do. Um, but you'll have all the, these carts. And you'll see them in the back of the sanctuary. These carts and vats of oil. And he does the oil of the sick that we use whenever we anoint the sick. There's the oil of catechumens that's used at the sacrament of baptism. And the coolest one to watch the bishop uh, bless and it's the only oil that I can't bless as a priest. As a priest, I can make sacred chrism. I can make uh, oil of the sick. You can't make sacred chrism. But I can't make sacred chrism. Yeah. 
What did I say? Well, catechumens. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm not catechumens. I know what you mean. I can make catechumens. I can make oil sick. I can't make chrism. Uh, only the bishop can. And because it's so special, they pour uh, balsam oil in there, which gives it a beautiful scent, beautiful smell. Smell of baptism. Um, it's Oh, it's awesome. It's a beautiful smell. And one and part of the ritual of the bishop blessing the chrism, he breathes on it. It's so cool. Um, to signify the breath of God coming down upon the oil. It's really neat. And, and, and think about it as well. What did Christ do in the upper room when he anointed his first bishops? Breathed on he them. He breathed on them. And then what did they do when they anoint bishops? They breathe, they breathe, they pass this breath is passed from person to person back to Christ, which is so cool. And that's why only a bishop, like I said, only a bishop has it, because only a bishop's been had the breath of Christ passed to him. It's a, it's really cool. It's so great. And uh, and you think about uh, breath. Uh, the word it breathe like we say, respiratory, right? That that word spirit is in respiratory. Spirit and breath are intimately linked linguistically, and so you think about the spirit of God is being passed through your breath, and yeah, it's like uh, it's very cool. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, the the cardinal blesses the oils, and then in the Archdiocese of Chicago, uh, every parish is allowed to. I think we can invite two members of the parish to attend and then they go they get the oils and bring them back to the to the parish church so if i get an invitation so it looks like to, you and whitney get have, to go i have to carry vats of oil back That's well my... they're like they're smaller than this coffee cup <laughs> <laughs> right I'm, I'm not carrying the, the big vats that he blesses you're not carrying the big vats. i just get no. the little guys and the, there's a in... whole little group of elves in the back in the basement of the cathedral that they... during the rest of the mass they're filling all these little bottles with the newly blessed oil <laughs> It's actually it's a pretty cool thing to see. It's, it's pretty neat. That's amazing. And and then we bring them to our Ambery Award that you taught us on. That's right. Ed, we learned so much on Ed Talks. We we're, we're over here the educational and evangelical. Oh, this is unbelievable. Uh, uh, and so the other thing that we celebrate at Chrism Mass, because again it's supposed to happen on Thursday, Holy Thursday, uh, is the priesthood. And so after the the oils are all blessed by the bishop, then the bishop leads all the priests because it's expected that the entire presbyterate is there. Uh, he leads us priests through our ordination promises again. So it's a renewal of our promises we made on our ordination day, um, blessing of the oils. It's supposed to be a celebration of the priesthood, which is intrinsically linked to Holy Thursday and the Mass of the Lord's Supper. What, what, a, lot of, what a lot of dioceses do, like we do in Chicago, we try to make it a day for the priest. So in the morning before the Mass, we get together with the cardinal. They normally invite a speaker that talks to us about something. Then the cardinal talks to us. We have lunch together. And we have time for confession and prayer. And then we go to mass together. So it's it's a little hard to do that on Holy Thursday when we have all the madness going on in our parishes. So that's why we do it on on Tuesday now. But uh, still, Holy Thursday is about Holy Thursday ends up being about the priesthood and the Eucharist. Why is Holy Thursday about the priesthood? Great question, Paul, because uh, that's when Christ instituted the priesthood, when he sat down with his 12 apostles, the 12 men that he called to follow him, and he told them, take this bread and eat of it. This is my body. And he took a cup with wine. He said, take and drink. This is my blood. Do this in memory of me. By telling that those 12 men to do this in memory of me, he instituted the priesthood. Those were the first priests 
um, sitting with our Lord that he said this Eucharist that he also instituted, as he said, this is my body, this is my blood. He instituted both the Eucharist himself in the bread and wine, and he instituted the priesthood that they would be the ones to, to initiate and to bring about that sacrament um, after Christ rises from the dead. It's awesome. It's a powerful moment yes. in, in church history that the institution of the Eucharist, the institution of the priesthood right there. And so it is worthy of this great liturgical memorial, which is the Mass of the Last Supper. And so that is, like you were saying, there's only one of these. It happens in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, our Mass of the Last Supper starts at 7 p.m. Holy 7, Thursday. 7 p.m. Holy Thursday. And it initiates a Mass that then lasts throughout the Triduum. Correct. And with the Mass of the Last Supper, some cool things happen. It's it's a unique liturgical moment because of the uniqueness of what it remembers and what it celebrates. So I think growing up, what we were talking about earlier, the, one of those moments that always strikes you is the mandatum, the washing of the feet. And it's just a beautiful moment to see your pastor or your priest, uh, typically it's the pastor, right? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be the pastor um, washing the feet of his flock. He's the shepherd. He's washing the feet of his flock. And that, that amazing kind of back and forth between Christ and Peter, um, which reflects back to baptism, like unless I wash you, you will have no life with me. You can't share this this eternal life. And then, but P- I love Peter's, He's just horrified. He's horrified by the idea. And we, we, we got called over to, we were over there telling the seventh graders about the mission trip. Right, yeah, yeah. We were talking about this. And Mr. Bates said, hey, you know, we were talking about it. Let's talk a little bit about this yeah. washing in the feet stuff. And a really cool uh, to wrestle, because you think about the time and the place that they're in. This is, this is the desert, and this is before socks and shoes. Everyone's wearing sandals. Their feet Very are dirty feet. filthy, right? They're just filthy from walking around. The first thing they do is they wash their feet, but they don't wash their own feet, especially not if they're, you know, if they're poor, they'll wash their own feet. But if you're going into a nice house, you're not washing your own feet. The owner of the house, that's a job for the servants. That's a servant's job. It's a gross, nasty job that the servants do. And what does Jesus do? He gets on his knees and he acts as the servant, the suffering servant, right? Mm-hmm. And so just this beautiful thing. And, and Peter's horrified. He did not come to be served, but to serve. Yeah. And it is so yeah. powerful. Which is another image of priesthood and not just the ordained priesthood, but it's an image for the priesthood of the baptized that we all share in, which is another, I think, that ultimately why Jesus did it on that night um, to, to show, you know, priesthood isn't just about the sacrifice of taking bread and wine and turning it into the body and blood of and soul and divinity of Jesus, but to be a priest is to lay down your life for others, to be a humble servant, right? And that's a priesthood we're all called to, is in making, because the ultimate job of a priest is to make, is to offer sacrifice, and our baptismal priesthood, which we've talked about in other podcasts, we're meant to make those sacrifices and to do this mandatum as as another Christ through baptism. But also, it's a reminder as for those of us that have been called to the ordained priesthood, that's how we're to live our ordained ministry every day. Not 
literally washing people's feet every day. But I meant to, Darn in it. humble service, get down and and serve the people that God has has given me. I, I was thinking maybe we could like do that in the rectory office every day, like Margaret, Mark, and I. <laughs> and Mar- yeah, we show up and, and we just sit down. And, yeah, and yeah. She wash. No, no, we're not gonna do. We're not gonna do that. Jesus but, did it once a year, or once in his thirty-three years. I do it once a year. Marty, Marty. Uh, I don't know, there. Father Dom. I think there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of merit you can earn. <laughs> No. I will tell you this, though. This is cool. I uh, did a wedding uh, for a lovely couple that I met on. Well, I met the groom on a retreat a long time ago, and I was uh, invited to can celebrate their wedding. And at their wedding reception, instead of the whole garter belt nonsense, he washed her feet. That's beautiful. It was so cool. That's powerful stuff. Um, they're both, you know, very... Uh, a very holy couple. They were awesome. And I was so impressed. Um, they, well, they washed each, He didn't just wash her feet. They washed each other's feet. Yeah. So he got down first, washed her feet, and then she got down in her dress and then washed his feet. Um, and they had the gospel read uh, as, wow. they were, as they were doing it. Oh, man. It, right. was, it was awesome. That's maybe the most Catholic wedding reception moment i've ever heard because i mean what's a better image for a husband and wife that are going to be serving each other and giving themselves to each other in humble service yep until death do you part it was it was beautiful i don't cry often and i don't think i cried that night either but i was really close to it It all right all you folks who are engaged and listening write it down kevin and julie kept thinking about you talking to you yeah um so that's the only engaged people who listen to our show uh i, I doubt julie does <laughs> i bet julie's the one listening to probably with a miller light in her hand and yelling at me right now <laughs> well you know miller light it's, it's lent so or kevin's the one listening it's to lent laughing. so you want to drink water um all right so but that's not the only cool thing that happens at holy thursday mm. at the end of holy thursday right uh is it cool if we skip to the end? Oh, yeah. yeah. So we skip to the end. Because um, essentially, after the mandatum, it, it's, it's more, more, more or less normal. Um, so we skip to the end. And then this was always, I loved this as a kid. I was telling you, I never, I don't think I ever went to Holy Thursday, the Mass of the Last Supper at my home parish. Because I was always in the west side of Cleveland and Fairview Park visiting, family. visiting my grandma for Easter. That was what we did. So St. Angela Marici, that was the parish. And Fairview Park, West Side, and it's just awesome. And the stripping of the altar. Yeah, well, let's do the, the procession first. First the procession, yes. So yeah. We, so first, because the Mass is an end, but the Eucharist is removed. Yeah, so there's no final blessing. We Mass yeah. ends with the, the whatever was left of the Blessed Sacrament is left on the altar. And then uh, we adore our Lord there on the altar for a bit. And then the Eucharist is taken um, in silence, so sometimes they sing some Eucharistic hymns. Right. Um, and you process around the church, and you're supposed to go to an altar of repose. Some of them are outside the church in a different location. Some are at a side altar within the church. Um, we've done both. We've had we've ours in the oratory of the Holy Trinity, and we've also done it last year. We did it in front of Mary, the Blessed right. Virgin. Do you have a, a game plan this year? Come come and be surprised. Oh, wow. Come and be surprised. I'll be there. I'm going to be, be cool. surprised. I'm excited. It's going to be cool. Um, oh, I think so I know you, a little bit about our surprise. There you go. Oh, 
definitely come. It's going to be awesome. Sorry, I just yelled in the microphone. So, I got really excited. <laughs> so we, like, we oh, did. No. And the, the point of that is, is kind of twofold. So one, it's the stripping of, of the altar and making it bare, which we'll get to. But it's also meant to signify that after uh, the Last Supper, Christ and the apostles went to the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus spent the night in prayer, um, asking for the will of the Father and preparing himself for his coming passion and death. And so processing our Lord to an altar of repose to another place is, is, is our way of journeying with Jesus to the Garden of Gethsemane, if you will. And then you're supposed to spend the night in prayerful watching and adoration. Um, and, and, and that's done in a, in a variety of ways. Most churches are open till midnight. We are open till midnight. And then at midnight, we'll, we'll pray night prayer for whoever is in the church with us. Many people do a pilgrimage to seven churches, which um, started in Rome, the seven hills of Rome. Each had a, a church on top of it, and you do, would visit the you seven know? I've got him. stational churches. I've got them. You know do the you seven stations? Them? I've oh, got them. Let's see what he's got. Let's see what he's got. St. Peter's Basilica. Got it. One. St. Paul outside the walls. Good. That's two. Mary Major. Okay. Well, you're just going for the easy ones. Uh, What's the well, other John Lateran. Okay. All right. He's gone for all the basilica. Okay, Peter good. and Chains. No. Oh. Um. This is going to be... Bartholomew? No. Oh, this is... So sorry. I went with the Major Basilica. Yeah, well, it was good. It was good. You got the Major Basilica. That's uh, good. It's not Peter and Chains. Is that one of them? No. Or what are the other... St. Lawrence, Outside the Walls. Okay. The Sanctuary of Divine Love. And the Basilica of the Holy Cross. Oh, wow. I would never want to guess any yeah. of those. Well, anyway... So, so seven go. stational churches on the seven hills of Rome. And you know what? I don't know that. That's what the internet told me. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure the internet's always right. It's always Especially right. Especially that yeah. Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia had thirteen. These are the seven stations. No, I'm just kidding. No, I didn't. I did. Well, I anyway, so many me. people do the, the pilgrimage to seven churches that night as a way of also staying and keeping watch with the Lord in prayer. It's really cool. Um, you were the first priest. I'd never heard of that. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Even, oh, I wow. mean, growing up in suburbia, you can't really do it you can because the churches are too far because it's apart. like 25 30 in a city it's a lot easier i mean in, it, in rome it's in rome you, you, wa- can, you can walk, walk. To all seven of those yeah. yeah but it is so cool in chicago because we are awash in beautiful church architecture here and i'm sure that everyone listening has been and probably has moments in seven churches i mean well maybe not but i certainly did when i was younger and i first moved to chicago i was like bouncing around I was finding a mass that worked with my schedule and I would have my regular ones. And so the first time I was here at St. Ed's and Father Dom and my kids were very little and they were at home asleep. And I called Whitney because Father Dom's like, you know, this is this cool thing. This pilgrimage is that. So I credit you, um, my spiritual guide here. Uh, and, he, and he says, he says, you know, go for it. Go for it. And I was like, well, that sounds really cool. So I called my wife and I was like, Whit. She's like, yes. And I said, everyone's asleep she's like yeah I'm like you asleep pretty soon do you care if i don't come home till like midnight happen she's like what are you gonna do go to seven churches she's like go for it <laughs> <laughs> so it's good and, to have a supportive wife and i did and like it was it was without a doubt the most spiritually enriching holy Thursday cool. of my life 
it was so cool. And then I subsequently did it with my goddaughter who entered the church um, as an adult through our CIA. The right before she entered the church, we did a Holy Thursday thing. We went to all seven churches. Nice. It was really cool. One of her cousins met up with us for the last three. Is um, We did it with the Exodus guys last year. We did. I hope we do it again this we'll year. We'll definitely do it again this uh, year. I did it with the youth group before in the past. Um, Would you my, combine that? Youth my group godmother does it every year with uh, her family, and then they get uh, deep dish pizza afterwards. Um, Better be cheese. They <laughs> it's Good Friday by then. <laughs> that's that's true. And then after the so we talked about the procession, um, the staying up in vigil, but then there's the stripping of the altar, um, yes, which is symbolic of Christ is being stripped away from us. Um, it's also some have said it's also reminiscent of Christ being stripped of his clothing, which mm. doesn't really happen until Good Friday. Um, but it's just it's everything is barren. Mm. Um, to it's it's again the stripping away. Uh, by this point, it's this has happened for a few weeks by uh, the Triduum, but the statues are all covered. All the holy images are are covered up, as it's meant to help us increase our faith, knowing that the resurrection is coming. Yeah, um, it's meant to help us see the resurrection beyond the cross, even in these moments where we feel God is not present to us. He really is and it's disorienting right it's disorienting it to walk into a church yeah. and see it stripped bare it's so dark because even on those pilgrimages you'll notice all the churches like a lot of the lights are turned off really the brightest part of the church is wherever the altar of repose is mm -hmm. but the rest of it is pretty dark and damp like it's really not a time to go church touring right because you won't see a lot of the beautiful artwork and paintings and that because they're they're pretty dark it's but it is it is a powerful moment um one of the most powerful moments in the year in our yeah. liturgical year. All that to say, friends, go check out the Mass of the Lord's Supper. Come here to St. Ed's, Holy Thursday night, 7 p.m. Plan to do a pilgrimage to seven to six other churches. So St. Ed's counts. So you just gotta go to six others. And if you finish um, before midnight, then you don't have to you can have meat on your pizza. If you get it in quickly enough. Well, that's true. Yeah, if you're yeah. done before midnight and you can have meat on your pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or go to ice cream. When I did it with the youth group, we got ice cream afterward. Um, but so yeah, Lenten. go and uh, make this a new tradition. If your family hasn't done it yet, it's mm -hmm. awesome. It's awesome to do with kids, awesome to do as adults, awesome to do with friends. Do it. Do it. All right. I'm Father Dominic. I'm Paul Maneric. And this is Ed Talks, where we hope to inspire saints to inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen.